In this bulletin, former Victorian Treaty Commissioner makes impassioned call to all Australians to do the right thing when they head to the ballot and vote to Parliament. New South Wales poker machines to go cashless in five years. And Ukraine still hopes to receive fighter planes from allies. Former Victorian Treaty Advancement Commissioner Auntie Jill Gallagher and Uncle Herb Patton have delivered powerful speeches at the Euroa ES picnic on Tangaroon country over the weekend. Auntie Jill implored all Australians to do the right thing and vote with their conscience when they head to the ballot box in September. The former Treaty Advancement Commissioner explained that a voice to Parliament would ensure, amongst other things, that governments are held accountable on implementing Royal Commission recommendations as well as closing the gap policies. Why aren't we closing that life expectancy gap? What are we doing wrong? 30 years ago, we had a Royal Commission into Aboriginal deaths in custody and no-one has implemented any of the recommendations. So that voice, if we had it, would say, why not? We demand, we demand that these implement, these recommendations are implemented. And they have that empowerment, not to one minister, because it's a whole of government responsibility. Patton inspired the crowd with an emotional speech, followed by a brilliant gum leaf performance. Former state and federal Labour MP and Minister Barry Jones AC threw his weight behind the year's vote, telling the Euro crowd that the constitution of Australia cannot continue to be the constitution of white Australia. Cost of living and the Indigenous Voice referendum will dominate the federal parliamentary agenda as politicians return to the nation's capital. Federal Parliament will meet for the first time this year after a summer dominated by commentary on the plebiscite to enshrine an Indigenous voice in the Constitution. The Minister for Indigenous Australians, Linda Barney, is hopeful the government will receive bipartisan support for the referendum on enshrining an Indigenous voice to Parliament in the Constitution. The Greens are expected to make an announcement this week on their position with the Liberals, while the Liberals have not made any declaration. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese reiterated his support to the proposal again this morning. I believe very firmly that Australians should take the opportunity that they'll have in the second half of this year to cast a vote for yes, to cast a vote to walk upon the path of reconciliation in the spirit of generosity in which the Uluru Statement from the Heart calls us. The latest news poll indicated 56% of respondents supported the voice, while 37% were opposed. Every poker machine in New South Wales will be cashless within five years under an ambitious plan to overhaul the gaming industry. The package passed a snap meeting of State Cabinet on Sunday. A team headed by Department of New South Wales Premier and Cabinet Secretary Michael Court Strotter will implement a plan to remove cash from pockets between 2024 and 2028. Pubs and clubs will also receive incentives to diversify away from poker machines with no interest loans and one-off grants of $50,000 to invest in new income streams such as live music and food.
New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet says a transitional task force will be established in April 2023 to begin the rollout of the plan. We cannot have a situation in New South Wales where families are broken and people are putting their life savings down poking machines. This will this reform today will save lives today and so many more in the next generation. That's what this is all about. We have a situation in New South Wales, if you exclude casinos, where 40% of poking machines in the world are here in our state. The eSafety Commissioner's Youth Council has written an open letter to large tech companies calling on them to enforce consequences on users who abuse and harass others. Published in the lead-up to the 20th annual Safer Internet Day on February 7, the Youth Council says urgent action is needed to prevent popular online platforms becoming a heaven for trolls, hate and predators. Research by the eSafety Commissioner shows an estimated 70% of Australians aged 14 to 24 have been harassed, abused or had another negative experience online. Sydney-based 14-year-old ESFT Youth Council member Ruhani Surana says it's the duty and responsibility of big tech companies to protect young users. We want them to take our concerns seriously. We've seen an ever-increasing amount of harassment, abuse, bullying, especially in young people online. And this is not acceptable anymore. We can't keep seeing it as normal. A fire has badly damaged a Buddhist temple in Melbourne's southeast over the weekend. Fire crews were called to the blaze on Springvale Road on Sunday night at a multi-story building. About 80 firefighters worked to control the flames at the Bright Moon Buddhist Temple. Local resident Jenny Tang talks about the effect of the fire on the community. I'm devastated. Um, I was shocked, you know, because... I'm very proud of this um, temple. Um, I thought Melbournians, you know, we've got somewhere to go and my dad's urn is um, in there. The, the, the temple has been, you know, been here a long time. It was just like one of the places where a lot of people just come and pray and a lot of the, you know, New Year and so um, it's really, really special. Forest fires in the southern part of uh, Chile have caused the deaths of 24 people. Officials declared yesterday that 800 homes have been destroyed and that international aid is now arriving in the country. Argentina has decided to send fire brigade members and Spain announced a plane is bringing 50 military personnel and modern equipment including drones. There are 260 fires burning in Chile of which 148 are already under control. Ten people were detained for their possible connection to the origin of the fires. The former president of Pakistan, Pervez Musharraf, has died. Mr. Musharraf was a four-star general who seized power in a bloodless coup in 1999. He became an important ally of the United States after the September 11 attacks in 2001, allowing U.S. forces to operate armed drones from secret Pakistani bases to aid efforts in the war in Afghanistan. He had domestic economic success as well, but his latter years in charge were marked by increasing authoritarianism, including his declaration of emergency rule in 2007. Facing impeachment after his party lost election in 2008, Mr. Musharraf resigned and fled to London. He moved to Dubai in 2016 and lived in self-imposed exile. He died in hospital at the age of 79 following a long illness. 
Ukraine is still calling on allies to provide its military with airplanes. Defense Minister Olesky Reznikov thanked the West for its support so far and says aircraft will come, with the question simply being of what kind they will be. He says there will be an upcoming announcement for aircraft support on February 14th. Mr. Reznikov called Ukraine a de facto NATO country. In fact, I absolutely courageously claim that you and I have become a de facto NATO country. Today we have weapons, systems and implementation. All that remains is a de jure part decision. This is not a question of today, but of the nearest period. Ukraine formally applied to join NATO in September 2022 after Russia annexed southern and eastern parts of the country. Oleksiy Reznikov is expected to be transferred soon to another ministry and will be replaced at the defense portfolio by Kirill Budanov, the head of Ukraine's military intelligence. Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei has reportedly pardoned tens of thousands of prisoners linked to recent anti-government protests. State media reports prisoners who are not facing espionage charges, which is said to impact dual citizens, murder, or charges related to the destruction of state property, will be pardoned in honor of the anniversary of the 1979 Iranian Revolution. Human rights groups say at least 20,000 people have been arrested in the protests sparked by the death in police custody of young Kurdish Iranian woman Mahsa Amini last September. And to sport in rugby league, two players involved in a brawl have offered apologies. Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten have departed for All-Stars Camp in New Zealand after apologizing for what they called an embarrassing skirmish in Canberra which led to their arrests. Mitchell and Whiten will hope to be able to represent the indigenous side in Saturday's game with the Maori in Rotorua after becoming involved in what they referred to as a harmless wrestle that got out of hand. The pair were arrested on Bunda Street in Canberra's CBD yesterday following Whiton's 30th birthday celebrations and issued a joint statement through their manager, Matt Rose, on Monday. In their statement, the pair expressed remorse. And now having a look at the weather this uh, Monday, Broome, sunny 34, Perth, partly cloudy 27, Adelaide, sunny 29, Melbourne, cloudy 21, Hobart, partly cloudy 22, Albury, Wodonga, sunny day 27, Canberra, much the same, 29 degrees, Wollongong, partly cloudy 27, Sydney, similar conditions, 28, Newcastle, partly cloudy 29, Brisbane, sunny 31, Townsville, partly cloudy 31, Keynes, showers 32, Early Springs, sunny 34, Darwin, possible shower 33 degrees, and the Torres Strait Islands, partly cloudy day and a top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. NITV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1pm or anytime online.